स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन हेलो एंड वेलकम यू आर लिसनिंग टू द स्केच आई एम योर होस्ट श्रुतिजित आई एम ए डेली बेस्ड जर्नलिस्ट एंड द एडिटर इन चीफ ऑफ मिंट फेसबुक इंस्टाग्राम व्हाट्सएप इफ यू आर एन इंटरनेट यूजर इन इंडिया it's highly likely that you use one of these three apps whatsapp alone is used by nearly 500 million users all these apps are owned by the company that used to be known as facebook and is now known as meta and my guest today is ajit mohan md and vp of meta india it's hard to think of a company as widely used and as widely and passionately discussed as meta part of it is that users tend to have strong feelings about the apps they spend a lot of time on but part of it is also that the facebook apps are so widely used that its policies on content privacy tracking can all have an outsized impact on society its capacity to cause inadvertent harm is also vast and therefore everything the company does is debated threadbare it's a company that dominates our digital landscape with the number of users it has the incredible amounts of revenue it generates and the technological prowess it has to serve targeted ads recommendations and much else apart from innovating for our digital future but more importantly there is no scenario in which meta doesn't play a leading role in shaping our digital future whether it is dominated by metaverse or otherwise I hope to talk to Ajit today all about his 3 years as the leader of Facebook in India the thriving community of creators shaping up around Instagram the sheer reach of WhatsApp and when is WhatsApp pay rolling out to more and more people and all the areas in which the company finds itself in the crosshairs of regulation Ajit uh, it's wonderful to be in your office and the superb studio thank you for joining us and finding the time to do this thank you for uh, having me SK great to be here Firstly let's talk about uh, your 3 years as the head of Facebook in India um tell us what have been the themes that uh, that have occupied most of your time and attention I I think uh, you you framed it well as in terms of what the opportunity was for the company and for me uh when I took on this role uh, in early 2019 each one of our apps whether it's facebook or instagram or whatsapp is really deeply immersed in the fabric of india it's used by people every day uh, there's a lot of love and utility for these apps so in many ways the question for us was how do we show up and and really in the context of a country that is going through this enormous economic and social transformation where digital has a huge role to play how can we as a company uh that that had facebook and instagram and whatsapp really be an ally in fueling and accelerating that transformation and our answer was to put disproportionate energy on a few areas one was of course the agenda of expression um i think this is now a cliche but it's a cliche that is quite true and quite important in the context of an aging world uh, which is that we are still a very young country when you look at our demographics our average age i think is about 26 27 um if you look at everything that's happening in the world 
the the demographics and the age of india stands out even more if you look at the next 20 25 years um and it's it's a it's a population that uh likes to express itself especially in the context of uh an ethos rooted in our open democracy a million um, good morning messages on whatsapp i i think that's a version of it but i i think it's beyond that sk i think i think it is uh deep private conversations happening on whatsapp uh it's friends and families connecting on facebook um it's people following their interests on instagram but uh we were clear that we have an enabling role uh to play in fueling that expression i mean it, it's already happening but what's the role uh, that our platforms can play especially given the context of both the public spaces of facebook and instagram and the very private space of whatsapp and and one of the opportunities that we saw was around instagram uh and i think uh we were clear that even as facebook and whatsapp had grown a lot in india there was an opportunity given the role that instagram was playing in india uh given the particular role instagram plays in in setting popular culture and and that was a call where globally the instagram team paid a lot of attention to india which uh finally saw the manifestation of the introduction of reels with india at the heart of it and and i think a lot of the story of video and short form video in particular and frankly creative expression globally um has been quite shaped by the story of reels in india i think one of the other areas that we chose to focus on was uh the agenda of small businesses i think if you look at at media companies and uh in many ways sk you and i have worked in media um media has obviously played a huge role in in driving uh economic growth in india being the platform to showcase brands uh but a lot of media has been focused on the top end of the market uh making it easy for large corporates to advertise and reach to all parts of india um that is a role that we play uh, especially on facebook and instagram but we thought there was a specific opportunity to enable the agenda of small businesses and a lot of our product effort and programmatic effort in india over the last 3 and a half years has been how do we make it easy for small businesses to use our apps to fuel growth and of course all of that was um uh, accelerated on the back of the pandemic um i think we have seen a lot of hard times as a country uh, especially last year uh, on the health front because of the pandemic but one of the changes that happened here which reflects what happened globally but even more so is the big shift to digital uh when when the world closed up in many ways and there were physical constraints on mobility the internet remained open um and we have seen that big shift from offline to online and and what that has really enabled is the emergence of uh companies that are born on digital many of them born on instagram and on facebook i think we were ready for the moment we because we had uh, an agenda that said let's make it easy for small businesses to use our platforms to connect to customers to find new markets um and very intentionally we built products and programs and and i think that's been good for the small businesses in india it's been uh, frankly good for us as well uh with our particular focus on that market um the other part with the focus on small business was our investment in in geo platforms 
going back to uh, April of 2020. And while a lot of that was driven by the recognition that here was a company that played a particular role in enabling India's digital transformation, um, one of the specific ideas that we got excited by was the idea of connecting the dots between uh, WhatsApp and, and GeoMart in terms of making it easy for people to order from their local Kirana store uh, from inside WhatsApp. And this was firmly uh, connected to the agenda of fueling small business growth because what we noticed is even with all the exciting transformation that had happened on e-commerce in India, there was still a large part of India especially the small businesses that hadn't fully benefited uh, from the country going digital. And we thought there was a huge opportunity to connect the dots between an app that's used by people around the country uh, through the day, every day, uh, and connect them to the 60 million businesses, a lot of them Kirana stores. Um, and, and there's been a lot of exciting product work that's happened in the last two years. And, and hopefully uh, we'll have more to announce in the next few months. Um, and the last one was really making sure that we were bringing a very thoughtful approach um, to a world where we were being scrutinized quite a bit. I think if you look at Facebook and now Meta and over the last five years, um, I think people understand the power of our platforms to do good. But we've also seen bad actors creating harm, and that's been accompanied by a lot of scrutiny from stakeholders across society, media, uh, of course, uh, governments. And we wanted to make sure that we were fundamentally tuned towards understanding the concerns of stakeholders in India and tuning our products and policies and programs to make sure that we were embracing the agenda of safety and security uh, that's important to India. It's important to us as a company, but that was clearly top of the agenda for many of our stakeholders as well. So that's great. Um, take us through the real scale of Meta's operations in India. Like, you know, broadly, we know, like, as I said, WhatsApp is used by an insane number of people. But all your three apps put together, what is the kind of reach? And if you can think of, uh, you know, some anecdotes or uh, something to illuminate lesser known aspects of, say, this kind of reach, how these apps are used and so on. I think it's fair to say that, you know, uh, as you introduced to desk, you know, when you have a family of apps that includes WhatsApp uh, with a particular relevance in India that's quite visible, uh, we see it in our daily lives. Uh, an app like Instagram that has grown dramatically on the back of uh, the last couple of years in particular, uh, and Facebook always playing a role of connecting friends and family. Um, I think in many ways, we see ourselves as representing the, the the transformation of the India internet over the last few years, right? Going back to 2016 and the massive innovation that was started by Jio in the introduction of affordable 4G for people across the country, uh, the innovation that was then carried by the other telecom operators. Uh, we have seen the internet go deep um, I think by some measure, 700 million people now have quality access to the internet and that number uh, keeps going up. Um, I think if I look at the last few years, our journey reflects that. We tend to be uh, the first app that's used by people 
Um, and therefore, we do see a responsibility that we are not just riding the expansion of access. We benefit from it, no question. But I think we also have a responsibility to make sure that that first experience of the internet, whether that's Facebook or WhatsApp or Instagram, it's compelling enough for people to find value from it, uh, whether it's to derive uh, utility in terms of learning, whether it's being used as shopping, or whether it's to entertain themselves using video. Um, I do think we see ourselves as carrying the owners to make sure that that first experience is compelling. Um, and I think that's turned out to be true. I think people like what they see. Uh, obviously, their experience then moves on to you know other apps. Uh, that keeps getting deeper in India. And, and if anything, we have seen a massive uh, shift, not just from offline to online, but the internet going deeper on multiple dimensions, right? Deeper on geography, uh, deeper on income. And I think deeper in terms of first-time internet users starting to experience the full power of the internet. I think we were always a video-first market. I think uh, even if I think about my experience of building Hotstar, we started seeing that as early as 2015, uh, 2016. And video continues to play a huge role, and we see that in, in, the, in the massive growth of short-form video today. But I do think we are seeing that people are starting to do different things, right? Whether it's ordering food or uh, ordering online um, or learning, right? Education as a big uh, use case. Um, health, I think one of the things that we saw in the last couple of years, driven obviously by the constraints around physical mobility was the ease with which we connected to doctors on WhatsApp. Um, I do think um, the going deep and accelerated by the last two years is the big thematic of the India internet and our apps reflected. And we see it in, in all sorts of ways, SK. Um, today, when I look at where our creators come from on Instagram, they are coming from tier two cities. If there was a meme that Instagram was uh, concentrated in Mumbai and Bangalore and, and Delhi three years ago, uh, I, I don't think that meme is even spoken about because it's so obvious when you look at the feed on Instagram and you see which creators are breaking through. Uh, you know that disproportionately they're coming from uh, deep inside the country. And it's intentional. I think it, in many ways it reflects our country. It reflects the fact that when the internet goes deep, you're finally giving voice to people and they're showing up as being creative and, and they're building national and global following. Uh, but it's been intentional from our side as well. You know, both culturally and anecdotally, it's quite clear that uh, Instagram is thriving. WhatsApp is ubiquitous. What about Facebook? Is Facebook on decline? No, SK. And I think um, if you look at even what we have publicly shared, I think if you look at some of the leadership calls over the last uh, few quarters, um, I think the company has been transparent about two things, right? I do think we have uh, been pretty vocal that we do have more hard work to do uh, in terms of our proposition for young adults in markets like the US uh, while we are still growing in India, right? I think uh, the meme probably about Facebook, especially in, in India, is false, but probably uh, is there because 
of the growth of Instagram, right? And and growth of WhatsApp. So it kind of becomes a our, our older and, apps and, growing. And yeah. other apps as well, right? Discord, Snap, whatever it is that young people these days are using, which is always a mystery because you keep hearing newer names and young people Absolutely. seem to want to go away from anything that is more popularly used. I think it's an intensely competitive space. Right. I think it's it's true in India. It's true around the world. I think we are aware that unless we continuously evolve uh, and, and have propositions that attract uh, people across age groups, but especially the young, um, I think our relevance can diminish pretty quickly. I think that sense of paranoia is there every day. And, and I think it's a good thing. I, I don't think we take it for granted that people will use Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp. We've continued to grow in India on Facebook. And I think... Uh, But demographically, is there any cause for concern? I mean, it has been articulated elsewhere, as you correctly said. But is that not the case in India? I think uh, it's continued to grow in India, including in the younger demographics. The the proposition that Facebook offers is quite different from Instagram. Um, It still is a place where I think the primary proposition is connecting to friends and family. Uh, Whereas Instagram is probably a place where uh, you do engage with friends, but uh, it's also a place where you connect with interests that you care about or you discover new interests, uh, sometimes also in the context of, you know, friends that uh, that you're connected to and, and follow. Um, and, and of course, I think as Mark articulated, uh, we are seeing video grow uh, across both surfaces. And one of the stories uh, that is quite exciting is also the growth of Reels on Facebook as well. It, it originated on Instagram as a short form format, but uh, it's it's growing quite sharply on Facebook as well. Um, so I, I do think some of these uh, secular trends that we are seeing, uh, driven by younger populations, I think the the rise of video and and especially the affinity to short form video um, is clearly a manifestation of interest from uh, younger communities. I think we are starting to see that across all surfaces. What is the languages split like? Um, what share of your users are English? What is Hindi? And what is the long tail of the rest of the languages? It's like? not the long tail. I think I wouldn't classify uh, whether it's the southern languages, uh, Telugu and Tamil and Kannada and Malayalam and Bengali and Punjabi. By no measure do we look at it as a long tail. I think for us, uh, there is no hierarchy in this, right? I mean, obviously, uh, English is a minority. Uh, I, I think it reflects the language diversity of India now. Is English uh, smaller than, say, Telugu? Um, I, I haven't looked at the number uh, uh, recently, but I think it's very likely that would be the case because it, it reflects who has access to the internet today. And I think it goes back to the point that I started with SK, with 700 million people online and the internet going deep in India. It now reflects India, right? And therefore, it reflects the language diversity of India. By the way, there's there's the other interesting thing to call out, especially uh, on a surface like Instagram or on Reels, it does reflect what is happening in the country. So if a lot of energy is around pop culture being influenced by Telugu cinema, it will show up on Instagram. It'll probably show up on Instagram first, uh, before it shows up in other places. Especially as the soundtrack. You know, the, the ability of Instagram to influence, um, you know, what goes viral, uh, you know, in terms of songs or, you know, at least 
to to me that is where i'm discovering all the new tracks and at least figuring out okay, okay what is going viral where because it all starts showing up on yeah, Instagram. absolutely asken and there are two parts here right i think one of course is what is now uh, a, a very healthy conversation i think in terms of uh, what are the trends in indian cinema yeah. and and where are the creative forces coming from yeah. and and uh, i think as you've seen even a lot of folks in bollywood acknowledge that uh they they're being inspired by a lot of what's happening in the south so i i think some of that gets reflected here are you uh, secretly tweaking um instagram's algorithms to promote your favorite movies from the south <laughs> no i wish i had that power uh, sk uh, uh obviously you know i grew up in 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 cochin and i grew up on malayalam cinema uh so i love that i love i love uh bollywood as well i love what's happening to telugu cinema now I think that's the power of Instagram right I I don't think it's on the back of us tweaking anything I think it's reflecting uh what are organic trends on the ground but I do think we play a role in in bringing that to the world Sure How many users on Instagram in India We haven't shared those numbers uh publicly uh SK I think those are you know those are numbers that we reveal uh in in global context but um Let me put it this way Of the 700 odd million folks who are internet users in India, what percentage do you reach collectively as a company? I think that still gets you to <laughs> an absolute number. Um, I know you're very good at mathematics no, but, as but well. But you have three it. apps, right? Uh, so WhatsApp is known. I, I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say that I, I go back to my, you know, the answer when you were asking me earlier. I think it's fair to assume that um, the the agenda of the internet going deeper is enabled by. each one of our apps and they tend to be you, is it 90% <laughs> would you say 90% of india's internet users uh, you know i would love to share the numbers i think you know we have a we have a mechanism in the company in terms of disclosing numbers and it's also linked to kind of reporting obligations so sure. uh, i'll pass that so for about 7 years you've seen i mean at least 7 years you've seen up close uh the evolution of the consumer internet in india the media consumption trends what are to your mind the most important shifts during this time i think a few uh, i would call out uh, skn and i'm reflecting on it um i think you're absolutely right in calling out the headline of it is how quickly things have changed mm. right if i look back over the last 7 years or even 10 years and a few things stand out i remember in 2013 and 14 uh one of the first things that i did at star was build a service starsports.com which only used to stream sports and at that point it used to cost 8 dollars to stream an hour of video on mobile for the user in for the mobile data alone data. we're not talking subscription <laughs> just just the cost of data right down to today i don't think it's a it's a, a consideration in someone's a uh, decision making in terms of using an app uh, i don't think cost is a consideration that's one of the big very big shifts that's happened in india is uh, the number of people who have access to affordable high quality internet yeah where your choices are no longer influenced by the cost of data right and i think that there's been enough conversations on how we continue to be the market where data is the cheapest mm-hmm. uh i think it's a huge strategic advantage for the for the country as a whole that that we have the ability to experiment in the middle of a world going digital 
that people's preferences and behaviors are not influenced by the underlying cost of data. That is not a source of friction anymore. That's one big shift that's happened. I think the second one is is definitely the shift from consumption to expression. Uh, we started being a video-first market as soon as people had access to a good, decent uh, smartphone and, and uh, cheap data. I think the third big thing is clearly around uh, people's comfort with transacting online. I think uh, 10 years ago, a lot of the conversation was dominated by there's a lot of friction in payment. There is not enough trust in buying things online. Um, even if you just look at what were the dominant topics in 2013 and 14, and if you look at what are the dominant topics now, um, that's not an issue anymore. Interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about business. Can you give us an overview of uh, what business growth has been for Meta in India, say, in the last three years? Is digital advertising going to be be your uh, principal revenue driver in India? Are you going to diversify into, say, subscriptions, e-commerce, or any other kind of uh, major revenue heads? Give us a give us an overview of the business side. Yeah, I think uh, the headline on this SK, which we've articulated globally, I, as I well, love that you keep saying headline on this. It's music to my heart. <laughs> to as a, as I'm a just trying to. Editor. I'm just trying to pander uh, <laughs> to you and appealing to the journalist. Um, I, I did have ambitions to be a journalist. Yeah, it's uh, never which, too which, late, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, maybe you'll give me a shot there. Um, the headline on this is um, even globally is advertising will continue to be a, a material source of revenue for us. Uh, I think uh, globally, with all of the investments we are making in in helping build the metaverse, uh, and and of course. Uh, Meta Quest devices and, and AR and VR devices being a huge play, you are going to start seeing a revenue stream from that, which looks different from uh, advertising. That is from actually selling the devices. Selling devices. Right. Uh, but advertising still continues to be at the core. And I think there are a couple of reasons why that is the case. Um, and, and I'll connect it back to what we have seen in India and, and what are the bets we are making in India. I think there's a bias here, and that goes back to the origins of the company in 2004, to keep up platforms uh, open. I, I think one of the beliefs here is that um, we have been able to reach, I think, 3.6 billion people now across our platforms uh, every month because fundamentally it's free. And we believe that we can have the most impact in the world when there is no friction to people being able to use our platforms, leverage our tools, whether that is to communicate with friends and family or whether it is to build a business. Uh, so for all the businesses that use our platforms, I think the last count was about 200 million businesses around the world. Only a fraction of them are advertisers. Uh, and, and we are okay with it, right? Uh, and so both from a consumer and business point of view, we believe in the power of keeping our platforms uh, open and free. And therefore, in that world, advertising becomes uh, uh, the only way to kind of build a revenue stream that is sustainable, that al allows us to invest back into building products that can be used by hundreds of millions of people around the world. Um, in India, uh, the same principle holds. I, I, I think in a, in a country where, to all of our conversations, the internet has gone deep, and where we play a particular role, I think there is enormous value in 
making sure that there is very little friction to consumers and businesses being able to use our platforms for free. Now, in that context, uh, where has growth in our ad revenue come from? One, of course, is, you know, advertisers want scale. Uh, they want platforms where people are, are spending time and engaging deeply. And it happens that Facebook and Instagram uh, have played that role, right? And, and all of the growth that we have seen on the platforms uh, essentially allow us uh, to be meaningful uh, for advertisers. But it, it's scale and targeting both, right? Absolutely. And we absolutely believe in the power of personalized advertising, right? I, I think part of the reason why we have been able to build uh, globally, you know, a, a business well north of $100 billion in revenues is because we have added value to advertisers uh, on being able to deliver personalized advertising for users. Yeah. Because our ads are relevant and because users respond to them, advertisers find that uh, it's a value to them, right? I mean, that's why I think we have always won in amongst frugal advertisers, yeah. Yeah. which brings me to my second point, uh, which is small businesses. I think the particular focus on small businesses in India came from recognizing that while large advertisers had multiple outlets, uh, companies or entrepreneurs who had limited resources, uh, who were very frugal about their marketing spend, and who wanted huge accountability that they were getting very specific returns on that limited marketing spend, uh, that we could offer a distinctive proposition to them for multiple reasons, right? We've always been tuned towards building tools that worked as much for small advertisers as large advertisers. There are 63 million small businesses in India. We know that they're a big part of the economy. And I think we kind of understood that this offline to online shift would result in a lot of capital going into newer ventures uh, that would uh, benefit from the the small advertiser focus that we could bring in so that is that has driven a lot of growth i think a particular focus on building platforms and programs for small businesses and and that's not just making it easy on our ad platform to use our platform without friction uh to get you know huge transparency on exactly what return on the investment they get but it's also solving for particular sources of challenges that small businesses in India face. So one of the things that we did last year was introduce a small business loans initiative where we essentially made it easy for many of the small businesses to get loans from third-party uh, uh, loan providers. Um, to spend on marketing? Uh, they didn't have to spend that money on Facebook. Okay. Right? But any, any marketing? It, they could spend it on anything. But okay. the value that we added was we we could see that there were advertisers who were growing. Marketing could help them in their growth, but they had uh, working capital challenges. So we said, look, we're not going to be providing the loans. It's going to be at an arm's length with independent uh, third-party loan providers. But uh, this was clearly a need where we could play but a... you provided some intel to the third-party lender so they could make better lending decisions about this particular... Uh, more sport. than that, we created a program where there were SLAs in terms of these lenders had to give the decision to the companies applying for the loans quickly. Uh, there was a bit of a discount on the interest rate. So we were providing... And you funded that discount? Um, I think for them, there was enough value because the advertisers on our platforms who were doing well 
clearly they benefited from having access to that advertiser as well. Uh, so we were trying to do that without. And, and look, SK, I'm, I think I'm the, struggling to understand the role that you played in that. Like, yeah. did you do a data handshake with the lender about this uh, business's viability or growth or anything? The role that we played was kind of announced that here is a program. Right. Any business could apply for it. Right. But if a business applied for it, where they came under the Small Business Loans Initiative, there was sort of some guaranteed quality metrics in terms of the servicing that was provided. Uh-huh. And the the company had the freedom to use that money whichever way they want to. So you're asking the question, why are you doing it? What is in it for you? Our bet is this, SK. If small businesses grow in a secular fashion, yeah. we eventually benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And the, if there are more small businesses who manage to survive working capital gaps, I think anyone who spent time know that those are the crunch moments which determine whether a company is going to be successful or not. When they have access to programs like the small business loans and they survive and then they go on to thrive, mm-hmm. we know eventually they will use our platform. Right. So we are not solving for any transactional goal in the in the short term. We are being very self-interested in the long term. Yeah. And I think the third part that we try and do a lot is... Um, we're a global company, right? A lot of the products are global. A lot of the programs are global. Um, we know that in a country like India, you have to be very thoughtful about connecting the global programs to things that particularly solve for what's happening in India. So a lot of our energy as the meta team in India, uh, across products, across functions, has really been to figure out how do we make sure that we unleash the full power of our platforms and our programs in ways that are relevant for India? That shows up in you know building products that have come out of India like Reels. But even on the revenue front, I think the more thoughtful we are of understanding friction for businesses and advertisers here and creating local solutions for it, the more it has enabled our own growth agenda on the revenue front, which was your question. I think I've covered a, a few different things, but to help you think about how we think about revenues. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, however, um, when it comes to advertising, globally itself, there is there is some kind of reckoning that is happening. Uh, one, with the discomfort that users feel, uh, with the sense they get that they're being tracked. Uh, two, say Apple uh, particularly, which may or may not have a huge market share in India, but you know they have a lot of cultural influence in terms of the direction in which internet and its dynamics move. Um, they are prioritizing um, privacy in a very big way to the extent that I think Apple and uh, uh, you know Mark Zuckerberg are sort of uh, you know getting into public scraps every once in a while. Um, Google has said, I mean, the era of cookie-based tracking, uh, Google has also said it is sort of coming to an end. Putting all of this together, how do you think about uh, the future of digital advertising in the long run? Yeah, I, I think uh, there are a couple of things here, uh, SK, that you've called out. Um, I think the the two important things here, one is um, I don't think privacy is the particular domain of any company. I, I think uh, it's pretty clear that uh, with everything we have learned over the last few years, and, and I mean we, as a broad we, Meta as a company, our peers in the industry uh, across the board, um, I do think 
Uh, sorry, but what happens is if a company, especially a large and influential company, tries to make privacy their calling card, they have an incentive that, like, the the conversation then shifts, right? Like you you're see, talking about Apple. I'm talking about Apple. Okay. Like you you see Apple billboards around the world now in all the major cities, talking about privacy as their USP of their devices and their browsers and all of that, right? So, I mean, you could argue, of course, that they have an incentive to, uh, you know, drive the conversation in that direction. But it is, it does pose a problem for companies that are more advertising dependent. Look, Apple is a is a great company. Uh, I hear they're building an ad business as well, yeah. uh, with a lot of energy. <laughs> uh, but but I think I, I want to kind of, uh, you know, zoom out a bit and really think about what's happening. And I think. Uh, Privacy as an agenda is quite important to us. And mm-hmm. I think we articulated it that uh, privacy is is going to be at the heart of designing new products. And going back to, I think, three or four years ago, um, there were big changes internally, even in terms of uh, how products were being built and in making sure that uh, the principles that we articulated on privacy were adhered to uh, in the design of the products from a very early on. And that that agenda is quite connected, I think, to what we have seen from governments and stakeholders around the world in terms of uh, nudging large companies, small companies, uh, to really be more conscious about the agenda of safety and security. And, and, and I think those are changes that we have seen in the company. I think I want to emphasize the second part as well. We are big believers in the power of personalized advertising. Uh, we know from our own history and our impact on hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of small businesses mm-hmm. that have leveraged the power of personalized advertising on our platforms to drive their own growth and create massive economic value for their stakeholders, but for their economies around the world, that uh, it still is of value that that you are able on one side for consumers to see ads that are relevant to them. And I think this has been the secret sauce of Facebook and Instagram for a long time, right? The ads are not intrusive. Yeah. Um, the ads are ads that people actually want to uh, uh, engage with. And and the reason that a lot of uh, small advertisers, or, or to my point about why the frugal money has uh, come to Facebook and Instagram is that uh, consumers respond to those ads because they're relevant to them, right? And therefore, it's a value to the advertisers. I think there is still power in that model. And and a lot of work that we as a company are doing is to make sure that we can still deliver the power of personalized advertising uh, to millions of businesses around the world because fundamentally, that adds economic value. That that ensures that you're not wasting money. It, it adds value to consumers and it adds value to businesses. Um, and, and I think as we have been vocal uh, over the last few quarters, uh, we are still working on to make sure that with all the changes that are happening uh, in the industry, uh, we continue to invest in efforts where we can deliver the power of personalized advertising uh, to businesses around the world. Ajit, let's come to one part of your business, uh, which is kind of political, which is kind of difficult, which is that, um, you know, uh, issues around content moderation, issues around misinformation and disinformation to the extent that WhatsApp University has become a phrase that people use uh, to say that you have the wrong information. You know, you might have learned it through viral forwards that are uh, incorrect. 
and of course uh, you know your reach means that sometimes uh, inflammatory messages that uh, you know that travel through your platforms can cause very real harm and therefore there has been a lot of conversation um i think there is a lot of ongoing conversation as well around how to moderate content how to take down uh, incorrect stuff um where does this stand in terms of what the government wants you to do uh what is either you as a company or as an industry there has been some talk about a self regulatory mechanism uh where do all of that stand and um, you know what can we look forward to like is yeah. say meta doing enough um are you uh, putting in enough resources to sort of counter um the harm that say the bad actors cause uh, but travels through your absolutely. platform absolutely um i i think there's a lot in there so yeah. uh, it may be good uh, if you will allow me to unpack it a bit yeah um i think one it's important to clarify that the the broader agenda of safety and security that the government of india has been quite uh, vocal on that governments around the world have been vocal on that's an agenda that we are fully aligned with mm-hmm. uh, i think if you look at the last 20 25 years even as the internet uh, created massive good for societies around the world and i think india has been a particular beneficiary of it we have seen that some bad actors can do harm mm-hmm. and and therefore limiting the ability of bad actors to do harm on our platforms and furthering the agenda of safety and security is an agenda that we are fully committed to and i think to the question that you asked sk on have you as a company invested enough the answer is absolutely and this is a point that i think we have been quite vocal about which is if you look at the last few years and if you compare companies across the board on how much have they invested in terms of sheer resources whether it's people uh, against uh, a safety and security agenda or the amount of money we stand out and and even if you don't look at the absolute amounts even if you look at the company that is spending the most as a percentage of their total revenue or cost we would still be an outlier and we would look very good have you stated that percentage or I think we have left it to thoughtful journalists to kind of do the numbers on this SK but um we have spent billions on this and and I think it shows that it's not lack of intention I think we have been proactive about designing products about the programs um and I'll talk about a couple and then backed it up whether it's with investment in people or resources um I think the second part is it's good to uh, make the distinction between the things that we can do in a private messaging space like whatsapp and and in the on public uh, uh spaces like facebook and instagram um and two things to call out here one of the things that we did uh to address misinformation was to create a large scale fact checking program and india continues to be a place where uh, i think we have the largest number of fact checkers 11 i think was the last count across 13 languages and, and the whole idea is that rather than meta or facebook earlier as a company being the arbiter of truth we rely on uh fact checkers who are certified by the international fact checking network uh invariably these are institutions that are attached to traditional media companies that have a long history uh, of experts in reporting facts um and allowing them uh, the opportunity to label post uh as misinformation when when they are misinformation 
on the other hand on a platform like whatsapp and i think you alluded to uh, when we have seen in the past i think going back to at least 4 years ago when uh, there are viral messages that have caused real world harm we've actually leaned in and made product changes including those originated in india exactly to address those i think two things to call out was limiting the ability to forward to more than 5 right and and our own data says that that had a huge impact on uh limiting the virality of messaging on whatsapp yeah. and we did have a hit if you look at it from you know people using our platform but we thought that was the right thing to do and if it's a highly forwarded message i think you can that forward was the only, to, part. only uh, to one person i think uh, right? i think it depends on the context i think uh, but but the power in it was to signal right. the highly forwarded messages so that people could apply their own lens of you know am i getting something uh that is factual it's been validated or or is something being just forwarded a lot so i think these were examples to show that um we are willing to make product interventions uh when they're needed and then the last part is i think something that we were quite vocal about when the new it rules were announced last year that uh our framework is a combination of compliance with local law uh indian law um and adherence to our global community standards which we are transparent about and i think between the two we feel like uh we make sure that you know we apply the learnings that we have picked up from around the world that has contributed to the community standards which are global in nature which are very clear about what kind of content and expression is allowed on our platform what is not and and then of course ensuring that we are adhering to the india framework and indian law um but the starting point is intent i think and our intent on this is clear and we are very committed uh, to the agenda of safety and security in india but i think at the heart of it is the is the distinctions that not just you like social media companies largely have sought to uh, sought to make which is that we are not publishers and we need to be treated differently i think uh, mark zuckerberg himself has uh, sought to make that argument in multiple forums uh, what we are now seeing is that the political acceptance of that distinction is uh, reducing in many uh, jurisdictions around the world and in india i think at least one minister has said publicly and we have seen several reports uh, saying that the new law that the government intends to bring in will pretty severely dilute the safe harbor provisions which is the provisions in the law that enables that distinction um, of you being an intermediary and not a publisher how will that impact your company i think uh, we've been uh, quite transparent about this even globally um there are lots of live conversations i don't want to kind of uh provide any conjecture on uh where indian law may head to i think some of these discussions have been on for a while um i think it's it's good to call out two things sk one when we are seeing such explosive innovation and people's lives being impacted by technology and digital i don't think it's just in india i think it's a global conversation on what should be the the rules that govern the usage of the internet around the world right what should companies be allowed to do what should consumers be allowed to do what should other institutions be allowed to do and that's an ongoing conversation around the world and one that we contribute to actively uh, wherever we get the opportunity to provide our inputs um i think um the distinction between 
intermediaries and publishers or, or platforms like us, which allow uh, uh, other people to express themselves. I do think there's a general belief, and I think that's a belief that's held by many people around the world, including in India, that it's benefited the growth of the internet. Uh, it's allowed us to see all of the innovation that's happened. Um, but I think that debate is also uh, uh, quite embedded in the debate about responsibility of companies, right? Accountability of, of tech companies like us. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, in, in all of these discussions where there are different ideas that are being floated, uh, including some of the newer rules that were uh, announced last year in India and how we responded to it, that we can find a path that preserves the agenda of innovation uh, and yet ensures that uh, the agenda of safety and security is one uh, that's embraced by both governments and private companies uh, equally, uh, and that we will find a path that is uh, that serves the best interests of everyone, including India. Would you say there is some misunderstanding of the issues involved here in the public policy discourse in our country? Or is the case that the stakeholders and the decision makers on this, they adequately understand um, all the dynamics involved? I think I think there's adequate understanding of the complexity. I think what I've seen so far is, is quite a thoughtful approach. Um, I think ideas are surfaced for public discussion. Um, I think there's a lot of openness to getting inputs from large companies like us, but frankly, smaller companies as well, right? The India internet agenda is not driven by big tech, is not driven by uh, Meta or Google. I think it's driven by it's driven by the startup uh, ecosystem, I think. In my mind, we are very much a part of that agenda of new enterprise creation and entrepreneurship uh, a company like Meta is a huge ally in that. I right? think I you're think, overstating that case, uh, but... I don't think so. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I think that's why you're a good journalist. I mean, I think uh, we don't all have to agree. Yeah. But that's the point, SK. I think the disagreement, the instinctive disagreement that you had with me uh, is probably uh, reflected in the complex debates around complex topics that happen both in India and around the world. And And my sense is there is no easy answer to any of this. Um, if, if there was an easy answer, not just in India, but in other parts of the world, we would have discovered that answer pretty easily. I think the reason why this conversation tends to carry on, it has the engagement of multiple stakeholders, is that these are complex issues with hard trade-offs. Yeah. There are trade-offs here, right? I think when, when you uh, weigh in on something, there are other consequences. And I think all of us are trying to figure out how do we end up with approaches that protect the agenda of safety and security, that ensure there's a level playing field for companies of all sizes across industries, and also is the right thing for consumers and the agenda of innovation that uh, India is so benefited from. But I honestly think what is at the heart of all of these debates is uh, how do we keep the agenda of innovation and entrepreneurship going. I think we have benefited from this explosive rise in startups. And um, I do think all the stakeholders are keen to see that going. I also see that there is consciousness that the internet being the internet, this is a global agenda. I saw the government articulate that um, it'll be great if there is a framework that connects the dots between India and US and UK and uh, Europe and Australia and Israel um, 
I think that's the right approach. I think uh, in many ways, India will shape the future of the internet. Um, I think we have been vocal about this. There are, in a world where China has cut off its internet, I think there are three poles. There is US, there is Europe, and there is India. Uh, and if those three poles and, and some of the other democracies can come together and say, hey, here's a framework for governing the internet, governing where the internet is going to be in the next 10, 15 years. And we are embedding that in our common values, including uh, open market democracies. I think that's a great answer for the world. And I think that'll be an exciting answer for the world. Ajit, I want to ask you about uh, Meta's relationship with news. It can come across sometimes as a schizophrenic approach. At various points in time, the news feed has um, uh, deprioritized news, but quite often, or at other times, Facebook has really embraced news. And regardless of its approach, it's undoubtedly true that it's one of the platforms that is the biggest disseminator of news and is therefore very influential, uh, is a very influential partner for news companies. Uh, publishers around the world have also been trying to get Facebook and Google to pay them a share of revenues that is generated from uh, from the content published by these folks. Uh, where do you stand on all of this and what news does Meta in India play on the, in the dissemination of news? Yeah, I think two things. I think to rather than schizophrenic, I would argue that um, we have experimented and learned and evolved over time. Uh, including, I, I think, going back to some of the big debates uh, four or five years ago about the role of public uh, content on the feed uh, versus uh, what we saw as, as you know the desire of people to be more connected to content from their friends and family. But I think two things to call out here. One, um, you've seen over the last few weeks with a particular focus on the U.S., I think we have shared... Uh, and, and we shared this, uh, I think, last year uh, when the big debate in Australia was going on as well, that news on our platforms uh, is a very small share of the content that is consumed. Uh, it may be a bit different from some of our peer platforms. I think the role that news plays uh, in the feed on Facebook. However, our work with uh, news organizations in India continues to be deep. Uh, we have built uh, deep partnerships with many news companies and we continue to invest in programs that really uh, think through how they can get the best of our platforms, whether it's leveraging new formats like live or, or, or even short form video, where there's a lot of uh, interest from consumers, uh, but fundamentally with hopefully the agenda of helping them uh, expand their equity or, or discover new customers who are interested uh, in, in following the brand and, and eventually, hopefully, uh, revenue. So those partnerships continue um, and, and where we can. I think we are pretty keen that we try and be as helpful as we can to the Indian uh, news media fraternity. Tell me about WhatsApp Pay. Uh, the reason I'm asking this is, um, you know, I tested WhatsApp Pay as a sort of an early user way back, I think, you know, maybe three or four years ago. Um, it is one of the, uh, the the finest implementation of the UPI framework, uh, partly, of course, because everybody already uses WhatsApp. And therefore, you know, uh, if you can pay in a chat, uh, undoubtedly, that's, that's very, very easy. You don't have to open yeah. up another app just yeah. for the purpose. What has held back a wider rollout of WhatsApp pay? 
and number two where do you see it go like what's the what's the road map uh, for that product yeah i think obviously there's a lot of history here and at least uh, when we got approval there was a cap on the number of users i think that cap today uh, has gone up uh, to 100 million or so um so there is there is no you haven't rolled out to 100 million there's no regulatory uh, you know sort of uh, ceiling beyond that i think it's a good observation that we haven't kind of yeah. massively fueled it and and the reason for that sk is look it's a it's a highly competitive space right. right i think there are already players there who have done well for a while who have had traction for a while and and what we are trying to do is to be extremely thoughtful about what is the incremental value that we can add including what is the role we can play in bringing new users into upi so our objective has not been to chase market share for the sake of market share we know that the real power of payments on whatsapp is that it can fundamentally help upi fuel an agenda that i think is quite critical to the country which is get more and more people to move from cash to online payments right and and the reality is the one platform that can hopefully help that given its depth and reach and particular role that whatsapp plays is is, is whatsapp so are you saying that you don't intend to be a big player in no in no i'm not saying that at all sk you're saying that i i'm saying something very different I'm saying that we are being extremely so we have run a whole bunch of pilots and we continue to experiment with you know in what context will people use WhatsApp pay what will it take to get WhatsApp pay adopted in parts of India that may not have seen a massive penetration of UPI um so we are really trying to make sure that we really understand where we can add value um those experiments are still live So don't be surprised I think if you uh see us kind of put energy uh a, a lot more than what you've seen in the past but equally uh we do want to make sure that in an extremely competitive market uh where multiple players have done extremely well as at massive traction we want to see whether we can add value in terms of bringing new users into UPI and that means that these are people who may not be familiar with all of what we spoke about right commerce and transactions uh these may be people who are relatively newer to the internet um uh, they may not be in the large cities but the real value is if we can bring those users uh into uh, online payments away from cash uh, and we're really trying to figure out how we get that right your time at meta has coincided with the rise of the creator economy the influencer economy and of course the creator economy um and you know instagram is pretty much at the heart of it plays a leading role uh, what are the aspects of uh, this whole phenomena that that has made you marvel uh, at yeah i i think we spoke about it i think uh, in many ways the explosive growth of uh, reels and instagram that we have seen in india in the last 2 years uh, i would attribute that to many things coming together right it it was a video first country already but it was the beginning of a shift from pure consumption to people wanting to express themselves uh people wanting to have a stage for themselves rather than just watch others obviously it's been helped by the internet going deep into smaller towns uh even way beyond urban india 
And I do think it, it, it's also happened because of the intentionality of Instagram in building a proposition relevant for India. A lot of the early experimentation in terms of what became Reels happened here. This was one of the early markets where we tested Reels, was one of the first markets where the Reels tab was rolled out. Um, so in many ways, it's not just the role that Instagram has played to drive the creator economy and the rise of creators in India. SK, it's also what India has done uh, to fuel what is increasingly one of our most important product around the world in Reels. Uh, and it's now on Instagram and Facebook both. Um, so I think many things here, the demographics of the country, uh, the fact that the internet has gone deep, that data is cheap, uh, and fundamentally, I think the desire to express and, and find a global stage. Uh, and it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, that when we launched Reels, the North Star that we set for ourselves was that a big global celebrity will come out of a small town in India who was not known before. And that's still my goal. I, that still continues to be our North Star here for Meta, that for everything we have done and, and for all the excitement that we have seen, and we already have people with 20, 25 million followers who were not known two years ago, um, we are still hoping that we can do to make that moment come where a massive uh, creator will have a global following who can influence global trends uh, and would have come out of India and would have happened on Reels. Ajit, it's been great chatting with you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining the sketch. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed the conversation, SK. Thank you. That's it from me for this episode. You've been listening to The Sketch. Mok Sharma is the producer of this show and Sanju V. Abraham is our sound engineer. You can email us with your thoughts on thesketch at livemint.com. For more updates on this podcast, follow HT Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. To listen to more such Mint podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. Goodbye and thanks for listening. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.